Major Roy McBride. I'm attempting to reach Dr. Clifford McBride. This is Dr. McBride's son. Dad, I'd like to see you again. I recall how we used to watch black and white movies together and musicals were your favorite. I remember you tutoring me in math. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we're discussing Ad Astra. Ad Astra, Latin for To the Stars. A 2019 American science fiction adventure film produced, co-written, and directed by James Gray. Starring Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, and Liv Tyler. Ad Astra follows an astronaut who goes into space in search of his lost father, whose experiments threatens the solar system. Ad Astra is directed by James Gray, written by James Gray and Ethan Gross. We know uh, Ethan Gross for working on uh, Fringe, and he was also co-writer on the, uh, let me see, The Lost City of Z, I believe, as well. Sorry, sorry, he was on the uh, production of The Lost City of Z. So, add Astra. This movie looks beautiful. The score is moody. The sound mix is pretty detailed. Action, when there is some, is is a lot of fun. Editing, I think, is pretty interesting as well. It's also unpredictable. This movie has kind of a two-hour padded runtime, and I thought it could have been trimmed up a little bit, but overall, the majority of the movie was pretty unpredictable. The cons of the movie. Um... I don't mind a nice slow burn. I mean, a lot of movies such as, uh, you know, 2001 Space Odyssey, Gravity, The Martian, Interstellar, movies all like that are, take their bits and pieces are of them are shown within this movie as well. You, you can tell that he, uh, James Gray definitely took some of the uh, more notable aspects such as the cinematography of it some of those movies and brought them back to uh to this movie i think this movie has a nice production behind it um as in it looks like it's an expensive movie let me see if i I think i heard it was around an 88 million dollar budget and opening weekend it made 20 million worldwide so far I guess worldwide, I guess total, it was $132 million. So it wasn't exactly one of the biggest hits. 
and they gave a pretty high budget to it. And I, I'd say that the majority of this movie looks really good from a visual standpoint, the cinematography and just the visual flair is uh, is definitely there. Um, let me see if I can find the cinematographer. Hoyt Van Hoytema. I think I've heard of this guy before. I think he might be... Uh... Okay, so yeah, this is the same cinematographer as uh, Dunkirk, Interstellar, and uh, let me see... That's about all I know at the, the, this time. Oh, he was a uh, cinematographer on Her, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, The Fighter. Um, yeah, he has a pretty big list of uh, movies that um, we've seen specifically. Um, and he has a lot of other... Let me see. This looks like a commercials as well. Um, but yeah, he's a pretty good cinematographer. Let me see if there's anything we need to talk about before we hop into the spoiler section. This movie is... <clears throat> I watched this in two parts, actually. When I rented it, I was uh, I was like, all right, I'll watch the first half. And then like, we'll get a bit exhausted. Came back, rewatched it. Um, sorry, came back, rewatched. Uh, didn't rewatch. I started the second half. Kind of like did an hour one, hour two screening. And... The thing is, I don't remember this movie that well, even despite having notes on it. It, The movie kind of came and went, and it feels much more like it would have served better as a theatrical experience. And if you don't get it quite immediately in the theater, I'm not sure if it's going to do the same effect having it on screen, you know, on the small screen. Um, let me see. So let me talk about some of the cons real quick. The slow nature of this movie comes very much from this narration that's happening throughout the entire movie with uh, Brad Pitt's character. It's nothing about the... And that kind of hands into the, the writing as well. The writing leads into it having a slow narrative. And the fact that it has a slow narrative makes it feel more like it's supposed to be a character piece and not, and not so much uh, plot-based. But not to say that the plot isn't interesting. It's about this, uh, you know, it's supposed to be this young man, although I think Brad Pitt's every bit of 50, trying to find uh, his father, who would have to be roughly 70, but um, so, which is Tommy Lee Jones out in space somewhere. And so it, it's ultimately supposed to be... Uh, you, you, you'd think you would be endeared to these characters. Um, and we have uh, Donald Sutherland's in this as well. Uh, space, what was it? Uh, what was uh, the movie they were? Uh... Oh, Space Cowboys. Yeah, sorry. It was uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Donald Sutherland were in Space Cowboys because my dumbass can't fucking uh, remember shit on <clears throat> these old sack movies. But, um, Need to go back and check that that out again, but it's funny that we kind of had this like regrouping of uh, uh, the space cowboys, I guess, in in a way. So the thing about this movie is, it's got amazing visuals. We've got some uh, really good actors, but the writing and the slow nature of the plot is going to d deter some people from liking this movie. Um, I think some filmmakers and probably some uh, critics, 
or people that really have an eye for someone or some really nice cinematography are going to see some of the most amazing cinematography in this. And I wish there was a <clears throat> story that would support the, the amazing visuals you get in this. I mean, the action set pieces from the first action set piece, which is amazing first person perspective, this, this jump, um, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more in spoiler section, but there's multiple set pieces in this that are really fun to watch from an action standpoint, but then other parts of the movie are really, um, thick with just this convoluted, um, narrative and monologuing that Brad Pitt's character does. And I don't feel like any of the monologuing or the inner narrative in his head is helping serve any of the plot. He's, you know, he's like, I, you know, I love my job. It's like, we see you love your job. We don't need you to tell us that. It's just like, just needed a, a nice little rewrite. So, um, I think that's what's going to deter some people from this movie. So, what did James Gray do originally? He was from The Immigrant, The Lost City of Z. He directed both of those, and he also directed Two Lovers. He is also... I think he's a writer on all of those as well. Ad Astra, Lost City of Z, The Immigrant, Blood Ties, Two Lovers, We Own the Night, The Yards, Little Odessa. Um, yeah. Um, interesting interesting director that I'm not too familiar with. I've heard interesting things about The Lost City of Z, but I've, if it's anything like Ad Astra and it has this kind of ponderous feel to it, I might be slightly eh about jumping into it. Uh, I don't mind ponderous, slow plot, you know, slow burn um, types of movies or anything like that. But <clears throat> if they don't serve any sort of narrative in the overarching structure, hold on, let me let me rephrase it. If there is a slow moving plot, slow burn. And there's not much of a character study behind it, and there's not much of a you know a real message behind it. I I felt like this message was it laid it on way too thick. It was you know having bad family ties and stuff like that. It was didn't really have anything to do with anything else, but <clears throat> seemed almost too specific, and the characters were just not given. We saw so much of the last front of their relationship versus seeing any of the development of this father-son dynamic so sometimes when we're seeing movies we need to have a little bit more than just the very last you know crumbs of a relationship to understand that they were actually they actually had some sort of connection and it i felt like that's kind of that's kind of the problem with this movie so let me get into spoilers before i talk about anything else so, <clears throat> Lance, I need a water. Where the heck was my damn? All right, I'm going to get my water real quick. Okay, I got my water. I was freaking <clears throat> dying over here. It feels like the pollen's coming out or something over here. Um, so we're in the spoiler section for Ad Astra. The zero action... Sorry, zero. The zero action. The zero gravity action in this movie. Um, really cool. Love the first person perspective. Free fall at the very beginning. Um, 
when we see Brad Pitt is working on this like giant tower up in the middle of this space and he's coming down and all this shit's falling. It, it, it's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> overall, I had to go back and you know, kind of uh, scrub through some stuff to kind of get some plot details, to kind of remember what was going on. Something about these these surges and solar flares or something happening that were causing mass amounts of people to die. Um, I didn't really get any of that. I, I, I barely saw that there was any casualties, I guess, or I, that I understood that there was really some sort of threat. It felt very much that they were just telling us this and we didn't really have the, they didn't really show us it. So I was very, uh, confused about what was the, the actual thrust of the movie with the exception of, um, him trying to find his father. And I was, I think that, that, you know, that's the, that's the thing um, that is supposed to be the, you know, the reason why we're supposed to care about this character. However, there's no connection between the main two character, the, the main character and the person who we're trying to find. Um, and he has no one with him the entire time. There's a narration on this movie because he has no one to talk to. I felt like this movie easily could have been so uh they could have removed the narration and have us just watch him do whatever he does really good or have him talk to somebody have just a tad bit take some of that exposition he's giving us in the narration or monologuing I, I i keep saying monologuing but i think monologuing might mean that he's actually talking out loud i don't it's more like a voiceover, but take some of that voiceover and have him say it out loud to somebody else. And instead of just this kind of sloppy plot contrivance of just telling us things, I don't know. It, it, I, I was not a big fan um, of the narration. Um, in the middle of the movie, I was like, holy shit, space monkeys, the research monkeys are trying to attack them. Um, that's when I realized that this movie was really trying to go kind of in this, like, uh, I think Davinja Hardware said this on the slash film, kind of pulpy nature of it. It's like they try to have this really grounded take on this character study, but there are these action scenes that are, I don't want to say they're ridiculous. It's just kind of things that we've never even seen before. And that's that was the kind of the, the fun thing about the movie. It was, um, let me see, it was always unpredictable. I thought having it be unpredictable made it, you know, more watchable. Even though this this narration was really dry and the conversations that the people are having are very generic, um, you know, I didn't feel like anything that we hadn't seen or heard in another movie. But having seen the action in this movie it makes this movie that much more being able it makes me able to recommend this movie a slightly a little bit more than not this would be maybe a movie i might say you know watch in the background um so i think when one of the the astronauts is attacked they throw the guy's body out into space i was like that's how they dispose of bodies in in this world Something about the world building in this felt a little funny. 
um like some of it was really futuristic and other parts of it were kind of like holy shit like that's uh that's kind of intense like why would you just throw a body out in the middle of space like <laughs> space trash like you, you don't be throwing bodies out like that if everyone did that there'd be bodies floating everywhere i guess i mean i don't know um but i did like the world building i don't know if i said that enough in the the spoiler free section um there's like this like mini mall that he walks through on i think it's the moon or something like that not i don't think it's the mars that he hits yet but it's the moon that he's walking on um let me see what else we have we also see some of the world building with how the astronauts, you know, are having fun in space, you know, playing with the uh, water tricks and stuff like that. We also see them sleeping, standing up, which makes me think, do astronauts really sleep standing up? Um, Brad Pitt explicitly says he doesn't want to be like his father and talks about seeing his rage. But for me personally, we don't really see Brad Pitt's rage on screen like Brad Pitt has like the same heart rate and same tone the entire time he's on screen and I'm not sure if that's because he's you know he's I'm the man for the job so I gotta do what I gotta do or what the issue is considering that it kind of implies that his father was pretty terrible when he was young or just didn't just really didn't give a shit I never really felt that there was this connection to it that his father really, you know, uh, um, I never felt like Brad Pitt was a like a spitting image of his father. I almost felt like Brad Pitt was almost like an anti-version of his father, so I'm not really sure. It, it was hard to tell because we, we hardly get any interaction between the two. Um, the red to black cinematography in in that one room uh, was dope. I think it was Brad Pitt was talking to someone on the space station. It was was really interesting. I just I felt like this movie was overly conscious and aware of the colors that it was using. It felt like very harsh, saturated, uh, you know, reds and blues and uh, yellows and just colors that really popped. And that I, I wish I had this had gotten to see this in theaters just for that reason, just for the cinematography alone. Um, the Black Mirror Room, I, I call it. It was the room that had all of the different uh, animations on it. I think it had, like, flowers at one time. And then it had waves um, with uh, one of the ladies talking in there. I, I don't remember. I, I can't remember almost a single uh, line in this movie. They were just so dull and dry. I, I, I was not expecting that. Um, the Speaking Room with red on the walls was so cool i'm i mean the cinematography in this entire movie was amazing i thought russian doll chick was gonna have a larger uh cameo i, I can't remember her name she's from orange is the new black um she makes a guest appearance cameo let me see let me see let me see russian doll natasha leone there we go and uh, I'm kind of confused why they had to exclude um, Brad Pitt halfway through the trip besides con plot contrivance reasons. Obviously, they want Brad Pitt to be the only one 
um, showing up at the end of the trip. I felt like it was weird that he had to, he, he was excluded after that session with trying to get in touch with his father over the radio or something like that. And they must have heard back. And so the crew was going to go, but Brad Pitt has to sneak onto the, the, I was going to say the plane, but it's on the spaceship. And when he's on the spaceship, uh, the crew tries to attack him and each one by one, you know, get killed by something crazy or something like that. You know, one stabbed, one one lady hits her head on the windshield or whatever, back windshield gets splatted. And uh, another guy ends up suffocating from some, like, uh, I don't know, tube of a uh, can of something or another that is spraying throughout the entire uh, cockpit and... Brad Pitt, of course, tries to save the guy because Brad Pitt's a nice guy. Um, and it shows his good nature, which is a reason why we should care, which I would thought was a good scene. Like I, like I said, all of the action scenes all were really compelling and well shot. None of them I have any complaints about. I just thought every time there wasn't an action scene, it was in, uh, just kind of dull. Um has Brad Pitt ever played a non-charismatic bad guy? I was I was thinking, obviously this he's supposed to be a good guy, but he's and he's relatively charismatic throughout most of his uh, career in his movies. Um, you know, he has a very expressive face, big blue eyes, kind of a boyish face, chiseled jaw. Um, kind of retains the same. He's retained the same age for a very long time, and he's also um, he's confident in the way that he approaches his characters. Um, I can't really think of too many times. Maybe I need to maybe do a little bit more research into his filmography, but majority of the time he plays a really confident guy that is really, he's up for the job. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, I mean, he's not, the, he's not supposed to be the star in it, but he pretty much becomes the star by not acting like the star. I mean, it's, it's really amazing uh, how he works in that, um, especially off of Leo. Him and Leo bounce off each other really well. And that's, honestly, what if we had Leo in this movie? That would have been fucking awesome. That would have been, like, the next level. I, 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 Brad Pitt needed another character in this, in this movie. I haven't seen Moneyball, but I bet that him and Jonah Hill were hilarious in that as well. Um, this movie... Ad Astra feels more like a mood piece, I'd say. When I was watching it, it started to feel like a music video without the music and lyrics. Um, it has very... I don't remember if it was synthy sounds. I don't know exactly how to describe the sounds, but um, I, I liked the music, but it, the visuals in the middle when he's just kind of monologuing about stuff and just talking. And I guess it is a monologue when he's talking to the computer. Um, similar to what they do in other movies like Interstellar. Um, but the, the characters are just eh, eh, not as well written. Um, they got vertical screens in this, just like 2001 Space Odyssey. Um, I've got that podcast getting ready to come down the tube. I really love 2001 Space Odyssey. I'll tell you that right now. So um, go ahead and check on in the show description and I might have a secret link for you to check that out um 
I realized halfway through I had no idea where he was going, but the music, the movie was so beautiful. I didn't care. I felt like the direction and and where he where we're going in this movie was so ill defined. I just feel like he's like talking to a computer, looking out out in space. We never get like one of those trajectory maps like we do in most of these movies that say we got to go around the moon and do the thing and land on the duh and do the duh. Um, this felt more like we were seeing everything but the map. And I was like, I just want to see the goddamn map. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how he knows where to go. Um, so, uh, the single tear on Brad's face, uh, was brilliant. This was when, um, Brad Pitt is setting up, I think the bomb at the, uh, the space station where his dad is. And they're talking about how his dad uh, had to basically take out the rest of the crew, I guess, because they tried to escape. I was a little confused on that. Um, and he's out there looking for life in in space, I guess. And I, I'm kind of confused a little bit about how it kind of incorporates with the solar flares. I guess that's has something to do with looking for it. But anyways... Um, Tommy Lee Jones's character is very blunt in saying that I didn't give a shit about you and I didn't give a shit about your mother and I never thought about you. <laughs> it was like, God dang. So he just drops the hammer like that. Um, Brad Pitt has that one single tear that comes down his face and he's like, you know, he's like, I know. And then he goes up there and still takes his father, suits him up, takes him his space cowboy looking ass. Um, and when he's when he's getting ready to grab uh, Tommy Lee Jones to you know to suit him up, there was a shot of on his hand of resistance in his face, which I thought was really good. I thought there's some you know parts about this movie that that worked from just a visual standpoint. Watching his father try to resist coming back with his son was interesting, although I do think it happened way too fast. Um, he's been out there, what he said, 30 years or something like that? Like, I don't know about that. I don't know if he just get up and go. And we kind of find out why he gets up and goes. Um, so he takes uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And by the way, the, the suit patch or whatever that they have on the, uh, um, on the astronaut suits look way too much like Star Trek, which I think it might be an homage to. Maybe, maybe not. Um, they go outside getting ready to take his father. I don't know how the, they were planning to get back to the spaceship. Um, but his father ultimately starts blasting the jets in the opposite direction, telling his son to let him go. And they end up kind of having some sort of like little struggle in the middle of space. And I was like, holy fuck, they're about to, his father is about to kill, uh, kill them both, sending them both into space. And so... He's like, let me go, son, let me go. And he finally does. And we see Tommy Lee Jones kind of just, you know, uh, you know, fall into space very slowly. And the scale, I don't know if I talked enough about the scale of this movie, but the scale of seeing Tommy Lee Jones fall into space was just horrifying for one thing. And, uh, you know, quite amazing imagery when it comes down to it. Um a light scream we hear as Tommy Lee uh, uh, Jones fades into the darkness. 
um, so beautiful. I think it's uh, Brad Pitt's scream. And so from there, Brad Pitt grabs one of the uh, parts of the spinning parts of this uh, station they're on and removes it and flies off of it, uses like propels himself off of this fan. Like I was like, wait a second, what the fuck just happened? And so he like grabs this thing and flies off of it, off the station and goes into <laughs> like oblivion. He, I, I thought he was committing suicide, and that's what it looks like it originally at first. Going through the Milky Way galaxy with only like a sheet of plastic that he ripped off the the space station when he was going. First of all, how did he aim that correctly? That didn't even make sense to me. Um, and how did he know which direction to go? So many questions. Um. Anyways. <laughs> um, I was just like, this is ridiculous right here. It goes along with the space moon battle, which was awesome to watch, but almost didn't make sense. They have like these space pirates trying to take shit from them on the moon. Like, what is being stolen? Like, I didn't understand what was being stolen, and where are they getting these this money from? I, I so many. I don't know. It looked like space terrorists. I don't know space pirates. I don't know what what is it called. Um. So that was really cool. The space monkey battle was really crazy. Um, but yeah, him going through the Milky Way galaxy and landing up, you know, plowing through like a thousand different rocks and whatnot, uh, asteroids, and landing on the station was just ridiculous, in my opinion. I was like, this is insane. And so <laughs> I was just like, this is. Um, this movie really just doesn't give a shit. And so, um, about physics and stuff like that, and just like things that making sense. I don't know. I, when it came down to that, I was just like, this is kind of ridiculous. Um, and then Brad Pitt comes back down, you know, he's kind of celebrated. Um, and it was like, <laughs> did the company care if the father came back or not? Like, I felt like there was such a big emphasis on it that, there was no, I don't know. It didn't feel like there was a repercussion for not having his father come back or not. I don't know if they, they, I don't feel like they did a good enough job kind of wrapping things up and Liv Tyler. Holy shit. She gets absolutely nothing to do. She's just like, I'll take some, you know, take, give, give a few photos of Liv Tyler. We'll have a few B roll shots of Tyler. There's even, B-roll shots of Tyler where she's out of focus now that I think about it and I was like wow um, she actually didn't have to go to work on that day if she didn't want to because you can't even tell who it is so I was just like this movie is very interesting from a visual standpoint and just uh, um, <clears throat> like a storytelling not so much not so much I gave it about a 7 out of 10 just for the just for the visuals all right, everybody, thank you for listening, watching, Lucky Dog Podcast, whatever you're doing. This podcast is sponsored by LashRushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. We just released Aftercast number four. We, we discuss uh, the death of Kobe Bryant and everyone that was lost in that tragic accident last Sunday. Um. We are going to drop Hustlers 2019, Bad Boys for Life 2020, 1917, 2019. We also checked out The Witcher Season 1 on Netflix. 
And coming up down the tube, we'll have Sex Education Season 2. Really great season of television. So thank you for listening, watching Lug Dog Podcast. Check out all the podcasts on SoundCloud. Apple iTunes, Google, whatever you listen to, podcasts, all there, Overcast, email, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Got a chat room now. Up and running. Thank you for listening. Been doing that. Are you ready? I'm ready.